You are listening to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast with your host Holly and her trusty sidekick Beck. Hello and welcome to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast. Hi Beck, how are you going? Great, thanks Holly. <laughs> I am your host trusty sidekick Beck here as always. Thanks again for listening to our three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so today's topic is love and logic. It is a parenting method or technique that was developed over, I think it was over 30 or 40 years ago by the Love and Logic Institute. So I'd um, encourage you to go and check them out. They've got some amazing resources. I'm going to assume that most people have heard about it, but I'm going to give you a really basic outline as well. So love and logic is a parenting model, a parenting techniques that really Uh, speak to being connected with your child and the heart of it is wanting to create a loving connection a loving relationship with your child where your child trusts you and can bring you problems that they have without feeling scared or without feeling like they have to hide it from you and knowing that you're a safe place now that's a really basic outline Um, what would you say (laughs) about that Beck? yeah it's a great description of it (laughs) but it's actually all about making sure that you know how to control yourself in any Mm. given situation where your kid does stuff. Um, So realistically today, we're not going to get through all of love and logic. It is such a plethora of amazing information. And Beck and I have both studied it for many, many years Mm. and continue to learn about it. Um, I know that anytime I talk to someone who uses love and logic in their parenting, I always learn something new. And so even after studying it for so long I think it is just one of those things where you can always learn more like the Enneagram yeah <laughs> and love languages it's just something you can always learn more about so today I'm going to share quickly and then Beck will share as well about how logic and how it changed our parenting and then we're also going to give you a technique that you can experiment with your in your home So, Beck, I don't know about you, but when I um, first discovered Love and Logic, I had already four kids. My husband and I were raised um, in different um, homes, obviously, with different parenting models. And when we came to be married, we had to kind of find out something that was going to work for us as a couple. And it took a little while to find that. And when I first discovered Love and Logic, I had never heard of it before. I didn't quite understand it, but I started to read about it and I realized, oh my gosh, I knew that this was amazing information and I knew that I wanted to learn more and I knew that it was going to help me not feel under so much of a heavy cloud about, you know, how do I deal with my child's behavior or what I do in this situation or I'm feeling tired and overwhelmed and overcome. So I think my eldest daughter might have been about three or four when I first heard about Love and Logic. I'd been given a book, I think their kind of main textbook, which is called Parenting the Love and Logic Way. And um, one of the things that it talks about in Love and Logic is that they've got a huge focus on empathy. And anytime you're dealing with a child, their focus is that your first response to them is empathy because empathy, you know, is that big thing that opens the heart and it opens the mind to be able to learn and grow. So after I'd been reading about Love and Logic for a while, uh, my daughter was at home with me and all the other kids and there was a block on the floor 
And I remember it was like the block that was on the floor was between me and her and she was walking over towards me to ask me something or tell me something, I don't know. And she actually stepped on this block as she was walking over towards me. So by the time she got to me, whatever she was going to say to me was out the window because um, she didn't want to ask me that anymore because she was crying because she'd stepped on the the block. Now, before I knew about love and logic, even though I cared for my children and I was, would feel upset when they feel upset, probably my natural response wouldn't have been um, as empathetic as it should have been. And, but reading the book, then I became more aware of how empathy can actually help children feel safe and secure and grow and open the heart and mind to learning. So she came over to me. And she was crying and she was saying, I stepped on the block and it hurts and it hurts and it hurts. And I remember just popping her up on my lap and saying, oh, honey, that must have hurt so much. You poor thing. But it doesn't stop there (laughs) because (laughs) with love and logic, one of the things that they talk about is not taking on the problems of your children. And you wouldn't think that stepping on a block is a big problem, but you can actually empower the child by, as um, someone you know from the Love of Logic Institute would say, hand the problem back in a loving way. And so I gave her all the empathy and I said, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. That seems so difficult. What are you going to do about it? And it was that kind of languaging that I'd not been familiar with before. Mm. Like, you know, talking to your four-year-old about what are you going to do about this problem of having a, a, a hurt foot seems kind of counterintuitive to a lot of what other parenting models are about. But I remember this was the moment where I realized that this stuff is really powerful and it can really work. And she stopped crying and she looked up at me and she said, Oh, I could put the block away. (laughs) And I can remember just think watching her get off my lap and picking up the block and putting it away and just being like, Oh my gosh, what magic have I stumbled (laughs) upon? (laughs) Because that, you know, I didn't ask her to pick up the block. I didn't know how she was going to respond when I asked her that. But it was amazing. And that's what started me off on my journey about uh, love and logic mm. and really knowing, okay, this is going to work. And obviously, you know, as you and I both know, Beck, mm. we've discussed this for many, many years and you always need a troubleshoot and you always need someone to talk to mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff because you could use one technique and it might not be the right thing or you could use one and need a little tweaking or you just need some self-management advice. (laughs) (laughs) So, Beck, I wanted to ask you, because I don't think I've asked you before, but how did you first discover Love and Logic or when do you remember starting to use it? Yeah, I I mean, like you say, it was many years ago, so I don't remember a bunch of details, but I remember um, I'm pretty sure my eldest was a toddler and mm-hmm. he was throwing tantrums regularly and I just didn't. Which is normal, normal isn't totally it? Totally normal. Like tantrums are totally normal, normal and tantrums aren't, tantrums aren't a reflection of a bad parenting either. Yeah, it's so, so felt like that at the time though. <laughs> it, it does, yeah. it does feel like that. But you're right. I think a lot of people not. have that perception. Yes. Um, just to sidetrack a little bit, I remember you once telling me and maybe we need to do an episode on this itself, but you're like, <laughs> the way that your child behaves is not a reflection on who you are. And that really smacked me in the face. Um, 
That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a reflection on them, but it's the way that you respond to them which reflects on yes, you. Yes, so good. So good. Um, yes, yeah, so I remember um, chatting to a friend about, like, I just don't know how to, like, what to do with these tantrums. You know, yelling doesn't work. Um, you know, a bunch of things we tried hadn't worked. And mm. And she recommended a book um, and it was Love and Logic. I think it was uh, the one specifically for toddlers. Um, oh, that's It's a a, book. got such really great examples in it about um, ideas that you yeah. could use in situations. And so um, I got hold of the book and read it and really loved it and loved the concept mm-hmm. of it. I, I don't know that I really did great at putting it into practice all the way back then regularly or consistently. Um I think. I mean, I still feel like I don't put it into practice regularly and consistently <laughs> as much as I want to. I do try as you know as hard as I can, but it it does take practice. Yeah, it really does. Um, and it does work when you are oh, <laughs> intentional it about. It really does. Doing and I mean, it. even if you're not consistent about it, it still works. Um, in the yeah. moments that you do. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so it was a while ago uh, when my kids mm-hmm. were younger. Um, and I mm-hmm. I still think you know my kids are teenagers now and it's still brilliant like it it really is for all ages Absolutely. and I think can use it in the workplace as well like it's not just about parenting I think it's really about managing relationships uh, in general so yes yeah that's so yeah. true I think I've used it probably like with other family members as well mm. when they're bringing um, problems to me especially as an Enneagram type two mm. who wants to um, help solve other people's problems and and I would take someone telling me their problems as an opportunity to um, not fix it for them, but go, oh, my gosh, now I've got the burden mm-hmm. to help them in this situation and, and then they will love me. <laughs> um, being able to just have that moment of stillness and provide the empathetic response and, wow, that sounds really, really tough, and sit with it with them and then say, what are you going to do about it? I think like my, one of my sisters used to live with me. She's um, ten, nine years younger than me. And her and I joke about it now that, you know, I'll say things to her like, oh, honey, what are you going to do about it? And she laughs and says, oh, you're loving logicking me. <laughs> um, one of the techniques that we wanted to talk about today, though, um, in regards to love and logic is something that they call enforceable statements, which is really just a statement that only that you can say and you can enforce it. It doesn't rely on someone else's response or behaviour for you to be able to enforce what you say. For example, if I said to you, Beck, would you like to record a podcast today? And you said yes. And then I said, I'll be happy to record after 9am when I'm awake. Now, that's something I can control. Mm-hmm. Even if Beck comes back to me and says, well, I don't want to do that time. I can just repeat myself. I'll be happy to record today after such and such a time. So another enforceable statement, which is actually the title of our podcast mm-hmm. is I love you too much to argue. And oh my gosh, that is my absolute favorite <laughs> because it's so powerful. Mm. And when you start using that with your kids in a calm, repetitive manner, they very quickly learn that if you, give them a response to something that they're unhappy with and you then start to respond to their arguments and protests with, I know, honey, and I love you too much to argue about this with you. And what that actually really says is you value the relationship with your child above whatever else is going on. So if your child wants 
to go out to a party that you're not happy with or wants a snack that you're not happy for them to eat and your response is no, when they start to argue with you, if you argue back to them, it just Mm -hmm. gives them more ammunition to continue the argument because as soon as you say no because of I don't want you going to that party because this person's there and they're unsafe or I don't want you to eat that because you've had enough sugar today, as soon as you start to give them reasons, they can argue back but, mum, I'll promise I won't go near that person. But, mum, I promise I'll have extra healthy stuff mm. today. Saying to them, I love you, too much to argue, actually tells them and um, that when you give them a response or when you make a decision that your words are really mm. powerful and that you're not willing to enter into an argument over it, that doesn't mean we can't have healthy um, conversation and work out something in another setting. But if your child is arguing with you in a way that you've decided actually I'm not willing to enter into this discussion because it's unhealthy because it's not going to end well and it's only going to damage the relationship Mm -hmm. then that's when I would use I love you too much to argue and I've used that so much with my kids (laughs) (laughs) and they know as soon as I start saying honey I love you too much to argue and it doesn't always mean that they're going to immediately stop trying to Mm. argue with you but if you're consistent with that one, man, I can promise you that they will get the message pretty quickly. And I've got one, one of my kids will often just come up to me and say to me, I love you too much to argue just off the cuff, not because there's an argument, just because he's trying to tell me I love you. And it's so funny and beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> but he'll just come into the room and he'll be like, mommy, I love you too much to argue. <laughs> <laughs> which is really really cute have you used that one before Beck? um a little bit not so much I haven't been super consistent with it but um mm-hmm. I think I probably um I use I know yeah, yeah. I know I think the, the other thing I like about that one is you can use it with spouses and Mm. friendships and even colleagues as well obviously I'm not going to say to my colleagues I love you too much to argue necessarily but I could say I respect our working relationship too much to have this heated discussion Mm. with you right now but I would be happy to chat about it later when there's more calm when we've got a more calm Mm. situation or in a um, marriage you could say you could say, I love you too much to argue, or you could say, I'm not willing to discuss this until we are both calm. Yeah. Cause that's something that mm-hmm. you can control, yeah. which is why it's an enforceable statement. Mm. I often will say to my kids, um, I'm happy to keep talking about this once your voice is as calm as mine. Yes. That's what I do use. Or I love, um, I love when I see parents of toddlers using love and logic really well and they, they get down on their level and they whisper and they say, I'll be happy to continue talking. As when your voice is as quiet as mine, <laughs> and then it's up to the child to decide what they do. They might, they might still be yelling and being cranky, but that what does that mean for the parent? Well, they're not continuing to talk. Mm. So, have you used an enforceable statement recently that has been effective or that you've liked to use? Yeah, I um, recently one of my kids um, is pretty strong-willed. And um, we, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, uh, as a family, after we've eaten dinner, we'll all get up and wash the dishes together. <clears throat> and this child will often just need to have a shower at the time that it's dishes mm-hmm. time or, you know, <laughs> have something that needs to get done. And so 
I, I have to admit there's been times where there's been an argument about, nope, you can't have mm-hmm. a shower. You have to come and help with the dishes. And it goes nowhere. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Mm. And so um, recently I thought, okay, I've, I've got, there has to be a better way to do this. What love and logic technique can I use to, uh, to make this better? And so <clears throat> the other day, same thing happened. Um, you know, we start the dishes and this child goes off to have a shower. And so I tell my husband and my other child, we're going to leave some dishes. So we left some mm-hmm. dishes for this other child to to take care of. And we then went and sat to watch a TV show. And, and I said to my child, you'll be able to watch TV with us or I'll be happy for you to watch TV with us once you've taken care of those dishes. And nice. they just went and did it. And, I mean, obviously I've used <laughs> these statements before so they know that, you know, the TV is going to go off if the, the dishes yeah. don't get done. But um, it was just, I don't know, that it, it felt there's still the connection between mm. us instead of there being yelling or arguments or, you know, stomping mm-hmm. off to the bedroom. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a recent success. That's so mm. good. I love that so much. Um, so in these podcasts where we talk about love and logic or we touch on it, it's really just a very minuscule part Mm. of what love and logic is. So if you're interested in learning more about it, I really encourage you not to rely on our our little chitter chatter, (laughs) but head to their website, order one of their books. They've got online courses. They've got facilitators all over the world Mm. that you can connect with and do a face-to-face course providing COVID doesn't stop that as well as do online courses and stuff like that one-on-one coaching but I really encourage you if you've got if you're looking for a place to start and you've got young children like zero to six start with the love and logic magic for early childhood that's the best Mm -hmm. one to start with if you've got children um, that are primary school age start with the parenting the love and logic way and then there's also parenting with uh, love and logic for teens which is amazing as well there is um, love and logic for marriages there is love and logic for children with special needs mm-hmm. and diabetes and a plethora of things so it's there's so much so don't just join a facebook group that discusses love and logic parenting although that's helpful don't rely on that for your information don't rely on us for mm-hmm. your information really go and investigate their website has great resources too like you can search out and they've got a bunch of um things that you can print out with enforceable statements like the yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'll um, link to their website as well in the episode description so you can all find it very easily and we'd love to actually for you to send an email or a message to us and tell us how you've Mm. used it Tell us how you've used Love and Logic, whether or not it's new to you or whether or not um, you've known it for a long time. Send us your wins or even send us where it hasn't, where you haven't Mm. won. (laughs) Beck, we were talking recently about uh, using Love and Logic when you're a sixth parent. Yes, we were. (laughs) And how it's hard. I think we probably need to cover it in a a whole Mm, episode. Totally. But. Did you want to say anything about that? Um, We were just talking about how, um, you know, the example you gave about the block and, you know, Mm -hmm. how are you going to fix it? I think as a six, I would have seen the child walking towards me and the block and I would have seen the Uh, danger and I would have picked it up and cleared the danger. But 
your uh-huh. child got so much out of that experience from being able to yep. realize that I actually have the ability to change my environment to make it safe for myself rather than relying yes. on me as a parent to do that, which sometimes we have to. Yeah. Um, but so it's almost like trying to distinguish between danger and discomfort, yes. which we're going to cover yes. in another episode. But yeah, okay, yeah, that's it good. It is really good. I like yeah, that. it's. Yeah. I need to ask you. I know that we vaguely mentioned that we we're going to talk about mm. plants in our episodes as well because we always talk about plants. And funny story. So, Beck and I obviously have kids, as you all mm-hmm. know, as the three of you that are listening. Now, so our mums yeah. and our mums and one of them. Maybe we um, have more. We've got more siblings than three. So that's yeah. true. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> so our six listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Beck and I have got lots of kids and often we will sit around, like when we're allowed to see each other face to face, we'll sit around or whatever and talk about, you know, our kids and our lives and what's been happening in our lives. And sometimes you don't always want your kids to hear that stuff. And we both, Beck and I both really love indoor plants and we've been learning a lot about that stuff recently. And we came up with this code because a lot of our kids think that our plants are boring and annoying. <laughs> and so one day I said to Beck, when we were, we're, she'd brought her kids over to my house to play with um, my kids and we were just having cups of tea and occasionally, like the kids were playing, but occasionally they just, some of them would come in and just sit because some, sometimes when you're a kid you like to listen to adult conversations. And so Beck and I made this code. I hope, oh, I hope none of the kids listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Beck and I made up this code that when the kids come, and we want them to go away because we need to discuss something to do with them and they can't hear it, then we'll start talking about plants and they'll get really bored and they'll walk away. go away. And it works. <laughs> it totally works. <laughs> so recently, Beck, you were asking me about uh, flies, indoor plant yeah. flies. And I gave you a recipe for trying to kill them. Yep. Did, uh, but I haven't asked you what happened with that. <gasps> it works. Yeah, really so good. Yeah. So I tweaked it a little bit from what you said. I tried it. So you suggested that I get a glass or a jar. Wait, can you, can you just tell everyone what the problem was? Oh, okay. Good point. So <laughs> I have indoor plants obviously, and I was having all these little bugs in my house, like tiny little fly, not flies. Mm. I, I think they're called flies, but they're tiny. It's not like a normal fly. Mm. And yes. I knew it had to do with my plants and I had no idea how to fix them. So I went to mm-hmm. my expert, Holly, plant lover. <laughs> I don't and... <laughs> think that is true. But anyway, but it was something we talked we about. We did because it was annoying. And mm. you'd recently done some research about how to, you know, a home remedy of how to fix them. And so he said, get a jar and put some water and apple cider vinegar in it and a couple of yep. drops of dishwashing liquid. And the mm-hmm. sweetness of the apple cider vinegar will attract the flies and the dishwashing liquid breaks the surface of the liquid so that they drown sounds terrible but um I guess it's better than spraying fly spray on them um that's true so when I did it I think I had too much water in the jar and okay so the sweetness of the vinegar didn't really attract them Uh, so I've changed it and it's actually just the vinegar just a couple of tablespoons of vinegar in a jar with a little Mm -hmm. bit of dishwashing Mm -hmm. liquid and I love going and looking at it and seeing all the little bugs floating in there. That's and so cute. I've really noticed that there's less flying around the house recently. Love I know. It. My husband loves it too because they were really frustrating him. <laughs> so one thing that we didn't mention is 
why they come. It's because of overwatering, mm. and it's more common in winter because when we overwater our plants and we start to get a bit of soil rot, soil rot, which is when it goes a little bit white on yep. top. That's when the flies come because mm. they like that moisture. I've had some recently too, which is why I looked up a solution. Yeah. So I'm glad that worked. If anyone, I just um, I saw an like an Instagram influencer talk about it. And so then I went and Googled the recipe mm. and then that was the one that I sent mm-hmm. to you. So yep. awesome. That's great. Well, maybe I'll put a link into that catching fly recipe yes. too if anyone else would need ideas. <laughs> Thanks for chatting today, Beck. Thanks for having Don't me, Don't forget for, our six, for now our six listeners to rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. <laughs> we, um, we love that you have listened. So see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast. If you've got questions or comments about this episode or would like to contribute to future episodes, please click the link in the episode description to contact us.